Fed Square's Anything But Square podcast was created, recorded and edited on the stolen lands of the Bunurong and the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. We acknowledge and pay our respects to the traditional custodians and their ancestors of the lands and waters across Australia where our content reaches and on which FedSquare's partner organisations stand. Sovereignty was never ceded. My name is Sarah Gasali and today I'm joined by Tanisha and Nat from the Climate Change Group within the KC Youth Action Committee. Tanisha and Nat, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks so much for having us. It's really great to be here. Well, first things first, what does the KC Youth Action Committee do? And specifically, what's your climate change group done so far within the CEAC? So the City of KC Youth Action Committee is within the southeast of Melbourne, and it's for uh, young people aged 15 to 25 and it's basically a space for you to develop your advocacy and leadership skills. Um, So every term the SEAC narrows down a few social issues that we want to focus on and we form a project based on that. Tash and I and our group are focused on climate justice and climate action. What we've focused on over the the past two years is creating videos relating to sustainability and climate justice. Uh, We've been a part of community and council deliberations, so we focused on uh, climate justice policies within the city of Casey. And we're also on our way to creating a subcommittee uh, which focuses on leadership skills for climate justice advocates. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. What are some small actions that young people can make to live a more environmentally sustainable life? So we had a pretty big think as to some of the things that we could do. And there's so many things, but I think it comes down to limiting a materialistic lifestyle. We were just talking about before how easy it is nowadays to buy anything and everything under the sun without kind of thinking about how these choices can impact us in the future, especially in terms of waste management. So I think limit the things that you consume or at least manage it. So um, if you do need to buy something, make sure that it's going to last you a while and make sure that it's maybe in replace of something or check if you've already got it. And another thing that young people can do is just to think creatively and resourcefully, look in your personal arsenal of things that you have in your room and see if it can be reused or repurposed in another way. So for example, I know nowadays um, it's really easy to thrift clothing um, and kind of repurpose it into a new pair of shorts Or even if you've got a rip in a pair of um, jeans, you can sew it and um, try and repair it. So I think those are some nice tips to get started. Yeah, I agree. And I think they're really creative as well. So it gets your creativity going, which is amazing. What do you guys think are some of the bigger changes that people can make to their lifestyle to also live more sustainably? Yeah, so thinking about the bigger changes, you have to take into consideration where most of your emissions come from. And a lot of the time that comes from like your electricity and heat, also agriculture and transportation. So some of the ways you can focus on those things through your lifestyle is researching the foods you take into your diet and making sure that they come from ethical sources or they have less embedded emissions in them. And also kind of researching the colonisation of how food enters your diet as well and seeing how that 
is transported to you and where you live is really important. As well as that, I would say changing your bank or super to one that invests in renewable energy. That's something I've been looking into recently. It makes a really big difference. And you also feel good about like where you're putting your money, which is always great. And yeah, and I'd also say writing to MPs about climate policies and things like that would also be great. I think nowadays a lot of people struggle with feeling a bit of eco-anxiety about all the problems in the world that they want to solve. Where can people go for more information or groups they can join to talk more about the mental health effects of climate change and sustainability? Yeah, for sure. And that's actually one of the main reasons why I personally joined the ACT was because I was feeling that eco-anxiety. So I think definitely an option is to find an advocacy or social group that cares about the environment. Um, It could be a quick Google search. Well, for me, it was a quick Google search. And I found the City of Casey's Youth Action Committee and, uh, and I knew that it would involve environmental action somehow. Another thing you can do in terms of eco-anxiety is to, you know, reach out to a mental health practitioner. Um, For example, most universities have free mental health services. In terms of other groups that you can join, there are also local land care groups and other grassroots groups um, that you could check on Facebook, on social media. You can definitely socialise with these people because they obviously have the same interests as you. Also in terms of getting more information about ways to tackle climate change, most councils have a section dedicated on their website about climate and sustainability. They have some really great resources that can get you started. And they also have information about their own activities and that's relevant to where you live. So that's a great start for anyone who kind of wants to get into climate action. In terms of eco-anxiety as well, I think, a really important point is to just limit the time that you have online. You can find that limiting your time online can dramatically, you know, lessen your anxiety because you're not exposed to as much information as before. And I think it also creates that sense of community with lots of like-minded people, especially youth, and it makes them feel less alone in this struggle. Apart from joining the KC Youth Action Committee, as well as creating the subcommittee and the council committee, in what ways have you two gone about to lessen your uh, eco-anxiety? For me, personally, I try to focus on like what I can control because when I do that, it does help alleviate a lot of my anxiety. And that can be really hard with climate change because it's such a massive global issue. But focusing on what you can control on like a local scale, and that can be with, you know, land care groups and going out and revegetating land or planting new trees and things like that to see your own impact can definitely be really beneficial. Even doing your own research is like the best thing you could do to alleviate your anxiety. And have you guys felt that after joining the Casey Youth Action Committee that that anxiety has lessened or become easier to deal with? Yeah, dealing with a problem as a group, you're always breaking down the issue together. So finding people that you can discuss the issues with does alleviate a lot of those burdens of feeling like you're just dealing with it by yourself. And also just to touch on that, like it has definitely alleviated my social anxiety, not completely, but also it's made me feel more empowered to knowing that there are things that we can do. 
I think we've all heard of the word advocate grow in popularity these past few years. What does that mean to you, advocacy? And how would you recommend advocating for climate action? Because there's a million ways to go about it, really. Yeah, for sure. I think personally advocating, like in its simplest form, is speaking up. And that's not like, you know, public speaking, going in front of an audience and definitely just talking and actively incorporating that into your life, I think is a form of advocacy. In terms of how to advocate, you know, especially to close family, friends, or to your social circles, a good way to do it is to definitely keep each other accountable, but obviously not to the point of shaming each other for not doing something. I think it's important that, you know, we all continuously speak up about it because it's not something that can be shoved under the carpet anymore. Voicing, you know, your eco-anxiety to your parents, that's definitely a form of advocating because you're speaking up about it. Another more, I suppose, fun way to advocate for climate change is to kind of share your eco tips with your friends and family. So for example, the other day, so we bought a compost bin and my partner's mom has these bin liners that I didn't know existed. So she's like, these bin liners are completely compostable. And she's like, yeah, you know, they're really great because you can just put in the compost bin and um, you don't have to worry about it. Sharing small eco tips like that and also sharing eco resources. Last year I bought this, these beeswax wraps and my friend who came over, she was like, what, what are these? Um, she thought it was glad wrap, but it obviously wasn't. And I was like, oh yeah, it's these beeswax wraps, they kind of act as glad wrap, but you don't have to throw it away. You can just reuse it. And just by doing that, you know, there's another person who knows about a resource that is both good for environment and, you know, is money saving. Something else Nan and I were just talking about is like, a form of advocacy can be viewing your career or like your chosen pathway in a more sustainable lens. So for example, if you're interested in fashion, you can look into how to incorporate more ethical standards or sustainable fashion in your career. Yeah, so there's lots of different ways of being an advocate that isn't just protesting or what we normally think of as advocacy. And just out of curiosity, how long have you guys been involved with the YAC and what has been your favourite part about it so far? Uh, So I've been a part of the YAC for four years now. I think I started when I was 16. I think my favourite part is you find so many people that genuinely care about their local community. Just finding that community can help you with future aspirations and things like that. For sure. Totally agree with Tanisha in terms of being with like-minded people. For me, realising that, you know, you can take action. Um, The things that we've done in the YAC have been beyond anything that I thought we could have ever done. Having created those videos and speaking at reference groups and community deliberation meetings, things like that, you know, having a youth voice and perspective actually being represented I think that's probably the best part. I think I've just made some really great friends through just talking about our mutual concerns to the environment. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's so great to hear from young people about this issue. What would you have to say to someone who is interested in taking those small actions or joining a group or forming an advocacy committee, but wasn't too sure or didn't have the confidence to do so? Uh, What would you tell them? Yeah, I would definitely say that there are way more forms of advocacy out there than you're knowledgeable of. I think what we see in the media is if you're an advocate, you have to have 
this many like followers on Instagram or you have to be at protests and give all these important speeches. But there are so many other ways of contributing to climate justice. And a lot of it does come with your close social circles and bridging the gap between those who are in denial of climate change and yourself. Yeah, and if you're someone that's scared to socialise, I guess there are more logistical things you can do behind the scenes. You don't always have to be like the centre of attention. You can work towards you can work towards making sure that those who are most affected by climate change are at the forefront of it. Yeah, so you don't always have to be front and centre. I also just wanted to add on top of that, you've got to start somewhere, right? You've got to start small. And that might mean getting involved with your school eco group, or for me, it's the YAC, or for some university students, it's an environmental group. It's just taking that first step, I suppose. That's always the hardest bit, right? But then also on top of that, you know, doing your own research as well. So, you know, there's so many news articles and so much information out there that you can get within a click of a couple of buttons. If you could envision a more sustainable Melbourne or Casey in your position, what would it look like for you? What sort of differences would exist? Yeah, so we've definitely discussed this like within our climate action group. And first and foremost, First Nations self-determination rights are what have to be pushed for if you want a more sustainable Melbourne or a sustainable city of Casey. And that can come with like advocating for land rights and First Nations sovereignty. Another side of that is if we want to build climate resilience for the future, we have to redistribute wealth in the future we'll have more frequent extreme weather conditions and we need to make sure that people have a sustainable income in order to like take care of themselves and take care of their communities yeah for sure we had a council discussion a couple of days ago and there was a term that was thrown out it's called a circular economy and from my understanding it's trying to not only mitigate waste in the design of things but to also repurpose all the materials that you use to make sure that it's in the most efficient way possible and also on top of that um, making sure that we're utilizing all the natural systems that are available to us so renewable energy and things like that I really hope that the KC that you guys have described is the one that we see in the future. And I'm sure that you'll continue to make great change within the KC Youth Action Committee and grow it uh, beyond that as well. So I really want to say a big thank you to Tanisha and Nat for joining me. It's been a real pleasure talking to you guys. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much for having us.